Infections are infectious Like a dog scratched ear But pleasure is high Welcome to the Box Tunnel Survivors Group, a place for those affected by the issues raised in the TV show, Being Human. Hello, my name is Sasha Fierce. You know, like Beyonce. Most people call me Michael, though. Welcome to the Box Tunnel Survivors Group, and I find it really fitting that we have Marcus Whitney on at the start of the month for Halloween. Or it's more of a coincidence, but we'll go with fitting like it was planned. Just a heads up, if you have not seen the first three series of Being Human and listen to this, welcome along. We are describing some pretty gory stuff. And if you're imagining it, that's down to your morbid imaginations and it's nothing to do with me. Also, if you haven't seen all three series that we're talking about, there are a lot of spoilers. Here is my chat with Marcus. <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing this. I do really appreciate it. But I'm so, not so, I've always been a huge fan of the show, so it's lovely that you're bringing me to podcast now. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> the biggest question of them all that I will ask tonight is because you've been around all all of them do you identify as a vampire a werewolf or a ghost do you know what? I knew you were going to ask that <laughs> to myself it's, it's got to be the vampire isn't it I mean they're the sexiest um they love blood I'm a bit of a lover of blood fake blood though. you could say that yeah they're a bit of gore you know all that sort of thing they dress in black which I tend to do quite a bit um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I had a feeling you'd go for that one. I thought the werewolf, and I was thinking about it, and I thought, oh, no, I couldn't do all that mess. <laughs> uh, no, definitely, I'd be the vampire. Not the best diet to be a werewolf. No, definitely not. Even though I do live my life on takeaways and junk food. <laughs> but, but, yeah, definitely, definitely the vampire way forward. So, what is it that made you become a, a makeup designer? Was it, what was the inspiration behind it? Do, do you know what? Years ago, I'd always So how long, how long did you spend on Casualty? Um, I was on Casualty for about, I think about 10 years. Really? Terms. I think I maybe 10 or 11 years. Um, started designing on Casualty when I was 22, which is quite a young age in the industry, um, to be designing shows. But it's great. It's what I'd always wanted to do. I sort of like learned my trade. Yeah. 
tangible sea. Um, it was way forward. did some brilliant episodes, train crashes, blood gore, chopped off legs, that sort of thing. Um, and that's sort of what got me in- interested in doing like the prosthetics and the gore, which is something I've sort of like veered away from slightly. Uh, nowadays, now I'm sort of like more of a uh, makeup designer and designer the look and hairstyles, and, which I did then, but now it's not so much the blood. Yeah, because a show like Casualty, I guess, is such good experience for a show that you ended up on with being human, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, like I said, designed a few shows, and then I got a call from my agent one day, and she said, I don't know if you've heard of a show called Being Human. No. And she said, well, they've done a pilot, and they're bringing it to a series. It's like a ghost, a werewolf, and a vampire that live together. I thought, that'd be mad. And I was like, what the fuck? So it's a BBC Three, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not my sort of thing, I don't think. But I said, let me read the script. So I'm reading. I started reading it, and I thought, I cannot put the script now. Um, that went, because I only did series been like one, two, and three. And that but every series that we did, I could not wait mm. for the Toby scripts. And I remember when we were sitting on set one day, I said, Come on, tell me what are you gonna get me to do with it in series three? And he was like, Oh I'm about a zombie. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is a dream job. You know, now you've got the, the werewolf, the vampires, the ghosts. Uh, lots of gore, lots of stakings, lots of transformations. It, it's a dream job for a makeup designer, really. Flashbacks, period styles, everything was thrown into that show. So it was a dream job. So I guess you kind of viewed it in the same way that an actor would get a script and see how what excitement led in their storyline. You'd be like, well, what can I get to do? What fun can I get to have? Yeah, how creative can we be with this show, you know? Uh, are my team going to be bored? Are they going to enjoy it? Is it? You know, I love doing comedy as well. So, and there was so much comedy in being human. Um, it, it was. It, it's, it's just one of those shows that really tickled me. I thought, yeah, I've got to do this. Even like now, when I read scripts, yeah, that sounds good. I like the sound of this. I like the sound of that. You know, I think that would be quite good to do, depending on what the script gives us to do. So how does it compare nowadays in your profession to doing something 20 years ago, say, and doing Casualty when you first started? <laughs> well, the budgets. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? Budgets really depend on the show. I mean, being human, because it was like a BBC Three show, uh, didn't have a major makeup budget. Um, I think the Millennium uh, took quite a bit of the makeup prosthetic budget um, for us I can't remember I think the budget was so so low I thought how are we going to make this work uh, but we had a good line producer that sort of like helped us and said yeah. but today's it depends purely on the show because you've got so many more channels now um, you know with the Netflix the Amazons and HBO and all these companies making shows it's great. I mean, so like we did Dracula. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the budget was quite good for that. But it was great because then you could spend more time creating. But when we were doing Being Human, we were literally making stuff up the day before. I remember buckets of 
jelly and looking down the Tesco's to try and make it Yes, is high definition your biggest enemy nowadays? I to make it look like, even not even in terms of gore, to say make it look like an actor's not caked in foundation. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I hold my hands up. I've seen a couple of shows that I've done. Like, oh my god! <laughs> uh, was I thinking? Um, yeah, high definition is one of those things. I, I think, I, like. Some shows where I've seen like, oh my god, that bass looks too heavy or something. But especially with prosthetics, um, I mean, high definition came out was it 12, 13, 14 years ago. Yeah, uh, I see materials have improved as well now. So yeah, I mean, if I, I'm very much like if I want to see an actor look tired again, you know, I get Michael's under the eyes and things like that. So yeah, yeah, it's. It's it's a strange thing to obviously depending on whether you're doing a TV show on fantasy or reality. Yes. Is it, is it difficult to get the balance right? Yeah, it is. I mean, I've just done um, a lovely little kids drama, a period drama, uh, Dodger, with fun. And again, I just had it was dirtying people down and a lot of grime and a lot of dirt and a lot of greasy hair. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just depends on the show. You could be doing something that's highly glamorous, for instance. You could be working on the thing. Um, really? No, well, no, I mean, for instance, you could be doing glam, and it is. It's just knowing yeah. not to go to heavy with makeup. Yeah, and in terms of the, you've worked on Inside Man, which is currently out now on BBC, didn't you, as well? Yeah, that, that was uh, an interesting one. Uh, it was a great show to work on. Um, very, very strange concept that they made it came up with um, and it's had quite a few mixed reviews at the moment uh, but it was so enjoyable to work with David Tennant and Stanley Tucci yeah. and Lydia West it was just it was a phenomenal script and trying to make it work and I don't think the audience I can't, I can't say too much but there's a lot still to come on that yeah I, I saw the first episode last night do you it's the, I know you're not involved in the writing process or anything but do you take criticism on board when it's a show you've worked on or yes <laughs> yeah 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 no it's understandable no I, I'm forever I'm on the, the Twitter feed and see what people are thinking oh right that's good yeah I just like I like to see what people think of the shows and then occasionally you might see a tweet about makeup and you go <laughs> 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 um it's all about making good and bad decisions, really. Um, but then, you know, you can be involved in the writing process sometimes. You can suggest things or how to make things work better when yeah. you the writer, um, which I'm actually currently doing a lot of job that I'm about to start soon, um, which we're just talking about a transformation look on someone and how we can create that and how it would work easier to film, for instance. Yeah. I think it's like what I like about something like being human is it's obviously a conscious decision. You didn't make all the vampire skin really pale. Uh, were, were there set instructions when you started being human about what you wanted vampires to be, or was it kind of a learn-as-you-go process? It was. Do you know what? Because I, I didn't do the pilot, and then I got on board for the first series, and we sat down, and they'd obviously um, created some rules to go along with you know and then 
as we sat down, we had production meetings, and my God, those meetings went on for yeah. Um, and you know things would be discussed like uh, would Mitchell have a shadow how can he go in the dark what about his reflection you know all of these things and we started to make sort of like our own guidebook of what they can and what they can't yeah. do when should Lenora's eyes change colour for instance you know when she's feeling spiritual you know all these little little things that come in and that's what we started to do with the look of uh, Russell as well. Yeah. So we, we worked out three stages for his transformation. So I would do like stages one to three, and then Millennium Effects would come in and do stages four to six. And when we were shooting, we'd shoot them backwards. So we'd always start the day with the biggest makeup, which is full blown prosthetics, chest pieces, wigs, nails, and then we'd take it back and back and back. Well, that's part of the thing. Continue the continuity of continuity. Sorry, of a show like Being Human must be a nightmare to keep to keep up to date with what's where you are at. Because obviously, filming and TV happens over the course of different days. Sometimes, obviously, scenes are filmed at different times. It must be a nightmare. It is. It is depending on how many episodes. So, yeah. About start moment, we're doing eight episodes, eight one-hour episodes at once. Over the course of sort of, I think it's about thirty story days. So you've just got to work out what that person's looking like on that day, whether they've fallen down the stairs, how their hair will be if they got a bruise that's two days old, three days old for that scene, and changing it and bringing it back and making sure that they look glam. Maybe at the very end of the shoot. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's but then my my team we sit down and work that out together. So was it a conscious decision in series two and series three? To grease up Mitchell's hair, or or did did Aiden not wash it? It was good old fashioned Bill Queen. Really, uh, iron boots. Yeah, um, I think we started using it even on series one on him. Yeah, I guess um, it's to to, to emphasise the deterioration in him, I suppose, and the fact that he, yeah, and it was a nightmare. The Bill Queen put it in his hand because. Moves around a lot. He's very energetic. Keeping continuity on his hair was a bloody nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I've seen, like especially on something like Being Human Unearthed, it it and from the comic cons of all the of around that time, it looks like. Firstly, there's obviously great chemistry between those three, but oh. it, it just looks like a happy set to be on, and it looked like a happy set for everyone to be a part of. I made friends yeah macho who I'm still in touch with and uh, for instance Will Little Rage prop people that were on the shows with them last week and you know I, I don't stay in touch so much with the actors yeah but you know you always message that sort of thing and you just know it's going to be the next job you might have someone coming in that you've worked with before it was the happiest loveliest shoot I remember at the end of series one uh, I'm getting to the end of the day and I knew they were going to call a wrap in the series and they called wrap and everyone I mean I, I remember Russell was really upset everyone it was just such a lovely lovely group yeah it really was um yeah it, it's it does give that vibe but also 
being being on set i've been around some tv sets of of course is very boring sometimes there's a lot of waiting around there's a lot of repetition i guess in your job you're viewing what you do in the same way that an actor does they want what they do on screen to come out and show and be good on screen so you're so it with you there wasn't time on that show to get bored <laughs> yeah. it was continuous it was relentless yeah okay. uh, you know we had I mean as the series went on they thought oh we're going to have three werewolves you know we're going to have Michael Soccer, Robson Green Russell yeah I suppose so yeah uh, how, how you know this is just what are you going to do three transformations yes we are oh my god you know this is what the audience love they love to see the practical effects um but it, it, it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger i was worn out after three series so how much were you involved you said like in terms of prosthetics that there was a your stage and the millennium effect stage in terms yeah. of something like a werewolf transformation how so the- Airwolf transformation will start obviously with him building up, getting sweaty, red around the eyes, that sort of thing, painting on veins. Um, then we'll go to stages with fingernails, teeth. We had, I think we had about three sets of teeth for each actor. So you'd have like the first set, which I, I've still got some of the teeth here. Yeah, so I found a uh, oh, really? the other day in the drawer. I but you, you would have like two sets, smaller and then larger. As soon as we go to the larger sets, that's when Millennium will come in and start adding cheek appliances, uh, laying on hair, for instance. Um, it was great. We knew when we'd have a Millennium Day, you knew it was going to be hard work. You knew from, you'd be in, say, half four or five in the morning, and I'd be getting home at nine o'clock at night. Wow. A long, long day. Yeah. I don't know how... Russell and Chanel would do the transformations. They would be screaming all day. Yeah, I was wondering, like, how how long would that take to film? It must be nightmarish. Well, do you know what? Because of the makeups took so long. Yeah, you would probably spend two, three hours. And saying that, if we were doing a Russell and Chanel transformation, we would do Russell for three hours, and then Chanel would go on set and film her bit when we'd finish from Russell Russell would go on set she maybe come back and go take a makeup off at another stage so it was all it was like a conveyor belt it was continuous every day yeah but how fun must it be on the days where you can play around with blood and gore oh it, uh, you know what I, it was a dream dream job because it's not like casualty where you'd have someone like come in they've got an open leg fracture this I remember like when we did the train carriage yeah oh my god what day it was I remember we did all the makeups on all the sporting artists and I went down to set and the art department was saying bring more blood yeah I took took loads down I remember walking into that train I just couldn't believe what I was saying it was everywhere it was absolutely everywhere and it's having, you know, 
to know that I go go out if I wanted to. I remember shoving a heat magazine in someone's mouth. Yeah. Try and get an eat magazine. <laughs> that that do you know what I was about to say? That's one of those things that sticks out in my mind about about it. There's the fact is that there's twenty bodies laid about. They're sprawled everywhere. They're in such weird positions. There's people. There's things yeah. shoved into their mouths. I remember I had an old uh, AirPod, and I thought, well, I'm going to shove that in someone's mouth. <laughs> Wrote out. There was laptops covered in blood. I remember going home after that day, sitting in the pub, just covered in fake blood, and just going, what a day, you know, kind of fine Did you get some funny looks for that? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> but uh, people, people know that, you know, it was mostly shot in Bristol, and it was, it was just phenomenal. That was one of my favourite days. Then, I think series three, when I read the script, I thought, we're going back to that bloody train carriage again. Yes, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think one of my favourite scenes, which actually runs in conjunction with the, the Box Tunnel Massacre, is when George is transforming, he leaves the school and he's transforming in the street. And yeah. I think that that goes back to a bit of continuity as well, because obviously there's the stages between the school and, and the house where he's transforming and he's and his veins are popping out of his head yeah. and his claws are coming through. I mean, that must have been a challenge. Over multiple locations, you were shot in the school, different streets. There was all different looks, so that was shot on lots of different days as well. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, like obviously, even to do a zombie. Yeah. I mean, I love the makeup on Sasha because it, the, the, the well, I would say evolution, but it's more the opposite. The fact that her body literally falls apart and things start dropping off her, and she starts just. Oh. It, it, you know, disappearing in front of them. It was such a strange episode to shoot. Um, I, I remember because Millennium Effects made the prosthetics to go on her face. And again, I was thinking, you know, when they were doing the um, montage to Pretty Woman, um, yeah. the soup gluing in the hair and painting the nails and putting dry shampoo on her roots and things to try and make it look. Uh, as if she was going up in the town and painting the, the the curvature of the breasts with like eyeliner pencil and things. It was it was a lovely makeup to do. And as she went on, she was getting worse. The smell was getting worse. <laughs> and yeah, she, uh, Alex Rose was brilliant. I, mean, I saw Alex the other week in Boston Tea Party. Just bumped into her. It's me. Oh my god, it's a zombie. <laughs> it was a uh, it was a lovely, lovely makeup to do. Yeah, and, then, and even that moment, obviously, which was obviously done in post-edit, thank God, the the moment where the, the, there's a hole in the centre of her, in the centre of her torso, that's just it's I, just such a brilliant moment. I made that torso out of um, a polystyrene shop dummy. Ah, uh, do you know what? I think, <laughs> I think I might have seen that because when. Me and my friend Sue, it was after just after Series 5 had finished, and we went into Honolulu Heights, and it was they were just about starting to take it down, and there was so much stuff from all the series of being human that we were just... It was, it was almost too much to take in. There was, there was 
uh, bits of bodies. There was um, just books and stakes and everything everywhere. And we were just like, can we just stay here for a whole day so we can check everything out? There was on the wall a a box tunnel, the the poster of all the box tunnel victims and like their names and and all that kind of stuff. It's just, oh my God, we we were in heaven. So I think I might have seen that actually. My my friend, uh, little Rach, who did a few of the props and things, she's got uh, in her kitchen, She's got a twenty minutes till full moon sign. I've it, I've got one of those. You're kidding me! I'm desperate to get it off her. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to walk out your house with it. I think I, I think it's actually forty minutes. I've got. Is it? I haven't seen yeah. it for a while. It's, it's, it's stored away in a cupboard, but because because my girlfriend won't have it around the house. <laughs> <laughs> I've got blood files. You should you should see my house. I've got. Oh, every... I bet. There's zombie heads. There's there's actually a head from being human over there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, bits bits and pieces from lots of productions. Uh, there's I've got Rishi Smith's head somewhere in the bathroom. <laughs> that, it's, uh, don't don't we all? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a talking point when people come around. Which episode? Which episode of Inside Number Nine did you do? Um, I did the Halloween live special. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's funny because I was in, I was working, this sounds very poncy, I was working in the Caribbean on Death in Paradise, and I read something about them maybe doing a live inside number nine, and I thought, oh, I'll just text uh, Reese and Steve, I said, look, I'm back in a couple of weeks if you need someone, they went, yep, so I went off and it was, that was a good script to read, I was like, how are we going to do this, and I remember yeah. having to slit Stephanie Cole's throat live on television, <laughs> Lots of crew hiding around the sets. I was I was so nervous. I was, I was nearly sick before filming. Yeah. Well, and also because there was that rug pull right at the beginning. Uh, spoilers! Yeah. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. But obviously, like people, because you know, I was on Twitter. You know, I, I don't what well, I love Inside Number Nine, but I don't go on Twitter until afterwards. But during that, it literally cut out with the BBC Two logo, like it had just failed. So everyone goes on Twitter and going, what is going on? And some people didn't even do that. Some people literally changed channels and just totally missed the rest of the episode. I had friends that changed channels. I, when we came up there, I checked my phone. And it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We switched over in the end. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but this got me. I think they, did, they lost uh, a good percentage of the audience. But, um, yeah. But then it, it was something like iPlayer, the catch-up, because obviously then the word of mouth... It's like, what? It was an actual show. That was part of it. So that it was, dragged people to die player, didn't it? Yeah, it, I mean, it was... Can you remember Ghostwatch? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it. That's it. I remember being scared. petrified of that when I was younger. And reading that script, I was like, oh, this is the new Ghostwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I was working on it. That's not the first time you've worked. Well, I don't know. It depends what order it is, I suppose. But with Steve Emberton and Reese Shearsmith, because obviously another show I've loved from 1998 or whenever it started, and I've seen a few live shows of it, The Legal Gentleman. How was it just stepping into Royce and Daisy? Do, do you know what, Michael? I had always been a fan of their work. I loved Psychoville. Yeah. I absolutely loved the shows that they created. I had missed 
really good gentleman the first time round. If I hold my hands up, and I was like, and you know, I'd seen the clips, I knew some of the characters, I knew some of the sayings, and I'd just finished a job in Bristol called Ill Behaviour, and the director, uh, lovely, lovely gentleman, said to me, "Oh, I'm going to do League of Gentlemen. Do you fancy doing it?" And I was like, "Yes, absolutely." And to bring those characters back, it's the twentieth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. After 20 years, was I, I still say it's one of my favourite jobs to this day. Um, and Alison, who's my assistant, we've worked together now for I think it's about 14 years, and we just had a ball on that. I even found some of the original wigs from the wig story, mm-hmm. um, uh, the prosthetics, and they, they're, they're charming guys. They're so good. It's so funny. Was there a kind of different discipline to that? Because obviously. With something like the League of Gentlemen, some of it borders on grotesque or cartoonish or... Um, basically, I mean, because they write it, they're very creative. And Reese used to be a makeup artist as well. Um, so he knows all the tricks of how to get noses up, how to, you know... I remember I saw one makeup on Reese and he was like, oh, can we just put a bit of like, smudgy mascara as if this mascara is spread like the one? And they're so creative, their ideas just flow out. And you can save them by... I mean, we did a whole day of tests uh, at Ealing Studios. And I had to, like, each person was playing, like, 15 or 20 characters. And I had all these different ways, different ways. It was creating the characters again, but making them look older. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple of new characters in there, like Toddy, the bingo caller. So, again, budget-wise, the BBC didn't have huge amounts, but recently were great on uh, bringing some of their original sets of TV and original nostalgias and things. Uh, but it was an absolute dream, laugh, dream job. I have never laughed so much for a job. Yeah, and I guess you talk about being reunited uh, with actors. Yeah, uh, do you know what this... this so many. I mean, Lindsay Marshall, for instance, uh, from being, we worked together about five or six times, we were saying, yeah. And we stay in touch now as well, Lindsay. She's so lovely. Another one of my absolute favourite scenes in Being Human yeah. is in the facility. <laughs> you know what's coming, don't you? Yeah, I do. Basically, the werewolf imploding purely because of the deep pressure of it i mean my job i go to work and i work in an office i take orders i take phone calls i process boring stuff on a day like that you must go in and think my god you know i i know every job has its boring days but my god i'm gonna i'm gonna make a werewolf implode today And covered in 
like blood. That's all I was saying. God knows what the people thought when they no. take. I mean, it wasn't too bad in the end. I remember he did cut himself. But yeah, it's, it's one of those days again. Where go, mm, what were we doing today then? We were kind of in an insect or a stall, you know, explode a werewolf. <laughs> it's writing, isn't it? You just get, who comes up with that stuff? And it's great, absolutely brilliant to do. It's such a genius idea, isn't it? Like the, the idea of fighting the pressure of the moon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where does it come from? One of my favourite scenes was, I think it was series three, where Herrick uh, goes into the house and stabs Nina. Yes, yes. So good. Uh, and not knowing, I think someone Robson's upstairs. And I think he killed Robson. It was just, I think, that, that for writing tension was just brilliant. And of course, that's that's another situation where there's loads of flailing dead bodies all around the downstairs of the house. Gouging people's eyes out. Yeah. Police officers, yeah. I remember that very, very well. Um, did you ever manage to creep into shots as a, a gormless vampire extra or a, just get a bit of screen time? No, I well, not that I can remember. Oh, man. I know they asked me to be a double for Kenneth, the hairdresser at Benidorm. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a chance, I, I've asked this to someone before, but if, if there was a chance to bring the show back, would you think it would work? Yes, I do. If you had the same team doing it, if you had the same genius that is Toby writing it, because there's always different ways, different routes. Did you stick with it? Obviously, you worked with on series one to three. Did you stick with the show after it? No, <laughs> I didn't. I thought that was my closing point. Oh, okay. And I thought I could watch it. I could criticise it. I could like it. But a very good friend of mine, Helen Tucker, went on to design it, and I thought, no, it's time for me to step away now. Um, I can't even remember what I was going on to after that. Um, but I think, and they've also moved it from Bristol to Cardiff. Yeah. Like doing that commute every day. So I was like, yeah, it's time, to, it's time for me to move on. Um, and I think some of the actors were leaving then as well. And that whole thing of us being that family, which it was, it was lovely. I mean, you know, it still had brilliant actors and everyone going in. But Yeah. The best, next best thing, you know. And it did, I mean, it's thanks to people like yourself that made it. The fans of the show were absolutely incredible. I remember seeing, seeing people, you know, outside the unit bases and stuff. I remember a guy coming up to me in the street. I was outside the makeup truck, and a guy came up and said, Hello, Marcus. And I was like, Who are you? Yeah. But that's it. I mean, it might have been in the grand scheme of things to say something like Sherlock when Sherlock went to speak a quite small fan base but 
I don't think that matters. I think because because something was created special on the screen, that it translated. If it if it related to someone, it translated to them, and they got passionate about it, and they spread the word. And obviously, the forum, BBC forum, was a big thing where everyone just came together and just talked about this this show that they were passionately loved. And do you know what the crew used to read those forums as yeah. well. I, everyone used to sit there and read them and say, "Oh, you know." difficult one like you say i think if it was with the right team and pretty much the same team yeah then yes it would work because the basic the basic concept will work there's yeah. there's many stories you could explore with that yeah but yeah i, I always said nina when when she was pregnant with a werewolf baby i said oh, wouldn't it be great if she, we found her eating her own young <laughs> Just imagine all that that big build up a storyline of her being pregnant, and then <laughs> then literally just at the start of one episode, George walks in on her feasting on it. you say like you say it like it helped your career on you weren't at the start of your career when you did being human but it certainly helped your career because i guess there was such range and different things you were doing in your job and different experiences and i think that's the same for the actors because obviously lenora uh russell and aiden were in things previous to that and they were known but i think being human because it, it just spurred them on to even bigger things. And I think part of the reason for that, in the same sense that for your job, is the range of things they had to do. Oh, yeah. They, 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 everyone would say, oh, it's just a little BBC free show. But what they had to do in the, in those free series, I think is pretty special. And the way they did it, I thought was awesome. I, I totally, totally agree. Like I said, the beginning of our chat, I, I couldn't wait to read the next script. It's quite rare that happens on Joshua, but oh, I can't wait to see where this is going. Oh, yeah, yeah um, but also I think, like you say, there was so much passion and energy put into it, and I, I just think that translates onto the screen. Yeah, totally uh, You can see the love and the care that goes into it, and the, you know, the from the script to the to the directing to the makeup to the editing to the music they put onto it, it's all. It feels like a complete package when you watch it. You never watch an episode of Being Human and think, "Oh, I'm not sure about this," because I think you always, even when there was changes to cast or changes to, you know, location, yeah. it 
it, it felt safe. It felt like, no, this is in good hands. Yeah, totally. I 100% agree. It was very, funny. it was a comedy, I think, the elements. It had the, the darkness, the sadness, the, the grief, you know, everything, what normal people live. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for that, Marcus. I do really appreciate that. That was awesome. Uh, you were saying um, about having things, you know, God knows what paraphernalia from your career. I've got a steak. I've got a steak. <laughs> which I think might be my friend. They they gave us they gave us one was a rubbery steak, yeah. and one was like a steak that clearly had been split in two but put back together. Now, my friend Sue was adamant. I initially got the rubbery steak and I didn't like that. I was like, no, I don't want that. So I we swapped. But she was insistent that it was used for the scene where Mitchell stakes Lauren. Because apparently, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it and I'm going to watch it again for this podcast. Being human unearthed, I think there's a problem with a steak breaking and then they end up using the rubbery one, a rubbery one, which, if you look really closely, apparently, you can kind of see is the rubbery one. Probably right, actually. Yeah, so Sue thinks she's got the rubbery steak that killed Lauren. <laughs> I've got a feeling you're right, and they wanted that. That was filmed in an alleyway, I think. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. I, I think you're right. There's so, so many memories come back. And before I did this, I thought I must sit down and watch that's really interesting you've never watched it beyond series three yeah i i don't it's, uh, i don't know i just felt it wasn't right for me to watch yeah relationship breakup that you couldn't exactly yeah Once again, thank you very much, Marcus, for coming on the podcast. Do find us on the socials. We are the Box Tunnel Survivors Group on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. On Twitter, we are Box Tunnel Pod. If you want to be an honorary old one and come on the show and talk about an episode, contact us at boxtunnelpod at gmail.com. You can become a recruit by following or liking on your podcast app of choice. In the next episode, we are covering the almighty series one finale bad moon rising until next time you've got red on you i know that's not a being human quote don't don't question it was the box tunnel podcast and thanks god i look really pale in this light jesus i know i'm pale but bloody hell um no foundation